You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 717 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Today on the show, we have some thoughts and discussion on teaching people post-pandemic with Angela Ariati. After that, we are pleased to be joined by Canadian competitor Maya Markowski. And then Reese and I have a trainer tip about lunging. This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you this week? Hi, Reese. I mean, the entire talk this week has been dominated in the news by uh, air quality, forest fire situation. I'm worried about you. I, uh-huh. I honestly, everybody, I texted Phil. Like, I'm no, like, you are sent you me okay? a message, but I was like, no, we're, we're <laughs> fine. fine. I, I'm, yeah. I don't know whether it's like in the cities, it gets much worse, but. Uh, you know where well, we are. I think at, it depends on where um, you are, right? Yeah, right I mean, of course, first the the location and geography. So we're we're fine. I mean, one day Tuesday, I think it was bad, not bad, but uh, kind of smoky, and you can you can mm-hmm. uh, you know really it smells like campfire every day, but uh, not so much like affected by, by air quality problems. Right? Yeah, but yeah. that does bring up there is an air quality index for horses which I think is really interesting. And and I know you can also look up air quality. So, I, you know, where I am in Kentucky, we're not having any problems, thankfully. Um, but I, I personally am an asthmatic. So if we had, if we were in that air quality, I would really have to be paying attention to it. So where I am right now, I don't have to be, but, um, you know, being sensitive, we have listeners all over the place and we want to make sure that there is an air quality of index for horses Basically, if you know the air quality, it, it, there's there's numbers to this index. If you're in 301 to 500, that's in the hazardous zone. And apparently that's when you really need to be paying attention that you're not really being or doing strenuous activity for horses or quite frankly, for someone like myself that has compromised lungs. And if you're in the 200 to 300 range, it's very unhealthy. It's the same thing. And what I'm seeing online is that if if you're in that zone, people are just very lightly working the horses, right? But also for people. So I think, you know, again, using your better judgment, obviously, if you need to be wearing a mask outside due to air quality, you probably don't need to be riding your horse for an hour strenuously, right? Like use your judgment, take time. I know there's been actually some competitions that have been canceled or postponed uh, because of this. Again, I am somebody that this would actually affect dramatically and I would have to scratch. Like I couldn't compete in this, in that type of air quality. So just use your better judgment, pay attention, uh, be smart. Um, We hope you're not affected. Again, I'm not affected. It sounds like Phil's okay, but I did check on him early in the week. I'm like, Phil, are you okay? <laughs> I was worried about. I was worried yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, this this usually isn't a problem. I know that right. um, you know my sister in law out in Calgary has you know they've been dealing 
with you know forest fires and air quality problems for at, at least a couple of years. I mean, so mm-hmm. maybe this is just a, a wake up that our planet is literally on fire. So right. I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. That's a, that is a different discussion and probably a different podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but certainly, if you're in the New York area, uh, I know friends that are in Cleveland. They're having uh, air quality issues. So please, please be careful. Take it easy. It's okay if you take an easy week with your horse. Be safe uh, and take good care of yourself. So we are all worried about you guys, and uh, we just wanted to to bring that to the show. So um, I'm glad you're good. Uh, again, we're we're fine here in Kentucky. So we we're, we've been training away this week, and and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lovely training week. I have had some just you know sometimes I I I have horse shows coming, but I don't have any this. I have one at the end of the month, but um, yeah, I just ride my horses, and sometimes it's nice to just ride and train and um i've just had some nice rides i've had some some really nice rides on on big mike and uh yeah just training horses this week it's just been fun so we've got a great show for you tonight we're going to start with a commercial break from kentucky performance products and then we'll get into it this nutrition minute is brought to you by kentucky performance products the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advance, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advance contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Angela Ariati from Ariati Equestrian Services on the line, backed by popular demand. Right, Angela? It is time for camp and working with your kids this summer, and we're excited to have you tonight. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So many things have changed since we've last talked. I know. I, I know. We were. We were. I, I actually was um, uh, at Angela's house. Do it. I was coaching her the other day, and we were talking and prepping for this segment. And I really love what you're talking about because we want to talk about how kids are learning a little bit differently now. And I think this is maybe going for a lot of us too. I'm not sure that this is just kiddos, but um, we're going to talk mainly about kids and kind of getting ready for summer. Um, so I'm going to let you take it away. Sure. So. I thought we'd we'd talk about like 10 different points that have really changed in the way that the children are learning. Um, 
the biggest thing is that everybody came out of COVID a little differently, like how they reacted to it. And, and people don't realize that the kids were absorbing this and doing things differently. And mostly they're not as audible. They're not audible learners as much anymore. So the old way of learning would be like short near reins, Reese, short near reins, Reese. <laughs> and <laughs> you would just think that if Reese wasn't shortening her reins, it's probably because she's just being a bad girl and not listening. But today the kid is maybe having trouble comprehending or understanding audibly. So a lot of the kids now are a lot more visual learners, not even kinetic learners, which is your active learner, you know, like walking your test. They're more visual learners. So we like to start out a little bit more of this is what we're going to do today. Let me draw a circle for you. This is what a circle looks like. Do you see where it starts? And instead of having them like walk the point and do like that, we literally have our whiteboard out and we're drawing that. So I think mm -hmm. when you're in, when you go to your child's writing center, you should be seeing them doing things that are help visualizing, showing them pictures. We do a lot of virtual dressage shows now, which we never did before through the United States Pony Club. There's a virtual dressage show and um, the kids ride their dressage test and we video it and then they watch it and then they make a correction and then they do it again. And then we submit that video in and then there's a national show and then it gets presented into an international show. So we actually have one child right now that's in the international dressage show. And it it's really good because the kids can watch themselves and then maybe watch an ideal of that same test and then go, Oh, look, I didn't, that's true. I didn't do that circle like that girl that did it really well. So that's, that's really important because just saying things over and over again, aren't necessarily going to work the way you it think. It doesn't it's really, yeah, it doesn't really sink in. So, so do you think this is all um, caused by some, some of the virtual learning or, you know, our, are people better able to take advantage of the the opportunities you know out there for virtual learning and 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 virtual lessons is this is this where where we're getting to I don't think that we're getting to that point I hope we don't get completely to that point there's a big difference between those two types of lessons I wouldn't say for the kid I don't think a virtual lesson like the one I take with Reese is very good because it's very audible. But mm -hmm. using the video, like videoing them and then sitting them down and showing them the video and then watching a video of somebody doing the same thing, then the next time I have them by themselves together, they go, oh yeah, I got that. It's like all of a sudden they get the circle or all of a sudden they understand what the forward looked like. So they're learning it th through a different pathway than than. I originally learned it, which was very audible. So um, I've, I've heard of these, yeah, I've heard of these, uh, you know, kind of online virtual shows. And right. I, I mean, I haven't participated. I think that if I were to participate, I would be stuck in this uh, pattern of videoing, videoing a test and then, can, you know, no, that's not good enough. And then videoing a test again and then just like getting trapped in this. It's not perfect. So I'm not going to send it in kind of. Situation. Oh, I see it. I see. Yeah, no, we 
we only do like with the pony club that we do, we only do it twice, but I could see how that could go that way. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to box yourself in at all. No. <laughs> okay, um, Phil, <laughs> we understand yeah. that's a little personality trait. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you too. I would be the same way. Like I, I actually yeah. don't learn well by watching t- videos of myself. I don't like, it's not, yeah. It's just not, I mean, I have to really force myself to do it. For me, I, right. I'm just better. I can, I, I'm better. I know what it felt like. I kind of know what it looks like, but I do force myself to watch it. But Phil, I get what you're saying. Um, for some yeah, people being just, trapped in this perfectionist right. idea and, yeah, and, like, no, and like being it, hypercritical of watching myself on a video. Right. Like, no, it's not, not good see, enough. But see, they're not, but, but Phil, they're not. I mean, if you yeah. look at what, like, like for instance, they'll go online and this is why I'm saying this is really important. They're visual learners. But they're also really addicted into, I use the word addicted, but they're really addicted into like what other people think, right? So they will post something online and say, I had a great ride today. And it'll be like this, whatever, you know, whatever video. And I'll look at it and I'll be like, that was horrible. Like that is <laughs> horrible. Like, Why would you ever you, post like, that? You and I would be like mortified to put it online. Yeah. And then they go on and they look and they got 20 million likes. So this must be a good video. Right. Okay. Well, so that's why it's important that when you're doing this video stuff, that they're looking at not their friend who got 250,000 likes, but that they're looking at, you know, Ingrid Klimka or the last regional champion who did training level test three. Like compare yourself to that, not to, and person Angela, who got the most likes. Yeah, and and you were we were talking too because I I know this kid he's he's wonderful, uh, but also it was a really good learning tool because he did it last year too. So it was a good right. way for him to see his progress from this time last year yeah. to this time this year. Because so, last year he didn't get into the international; he just got mm-hmm. into the. And it's it's fun for them to see when they hit the international show it's fun for them to see the other riders from the other country and that brings me to my next real big point it is extremely important right now because the kids are visual learners that they're having community riding together so Mm -hmm. i used to say you couldn't be in a group until you learned how to canter i no longer say that anymore i will literally put a group of two walk trotters together now Okay. I'll feed them on each other. Who's got the best heels? Who can, you know, hold their their egg in their spoon? And they'll watch each other and they'll copy each other. And then I'll mold their little legs in the right place and say, make your leg do that. You know, is her leg doing that? And it will do it at the walk and trot. You know, if you obviously you need very safe ponies. Yeah. It's not good to go into a riding center that is doing eight to ten to twelve at a time anymore. It's causing too much anxiety and fear riding. And I think it's anxiety over again. (laughs) Well, I know it would cause you and Phil anxiety, but but in general, like you know, the old school of just like there's tons of kids roaming around and da la la. They're not learning anything. So if I was a parent, I would not want to see large groups. No larger than seven for sure. It's not it they get they're getting more and more. I, we just didn't, we just did camp this week. There's one girl that's from out of town from Pittsburgh came in and literally 
she was comparing herself to others. And we only have like four in the three in her class. And she starts just shouting, I could do better than this. I could do. And I mean, like, really, I should be doing this. And I thought, and I'm like, whoa, there, sister, what is going on? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's happening? What What's happening? Sure, sure. I'm like, we have a rule that when you have a breakdown, you have to get off your horse. So we better take a break. Yeah, and time to get down. Catch our breath. And nobody was putting pressure on the show. Nobody was like, you got to ride that line again. You got to, you know, whatever, again, you know, sit up taller again, again, again. Nobody was drilling or nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm, interesting. <laughs> and it, she just had a meltdown and like she wasn't used. To, I don't know what she wasn't used to. I don't really know. In order to, I'm not going to be a psychologist and figure it out, but we <laughs> need to bring them down to a place of learning. So then that leads to the next point. They need some community like horse mm-hmm. grooming lessons together for tool shows together, watching each other on videos, not comparing, but comparing to someone who's better, not because they got more likes. Trail mm-hmm. rides, they love doing paint day more than they ever have. And then they still, even over eight now, it used to be like four to eight needed playtime. But I'm telling you, my 11, my 12 year olds. Today was the biggest laughing fun day when they got to ride bareback and do games. And these are not these. I mean, and they were having more fun. They were having just as much fun as my eight-year-olds do. I mean, you know, they were just having fun. And they need that Mm -hmm. to build their confidence. They miss that community. They miss Mm -hmm. their playtime. You need to see, though, and here's where the catcher is, that the instructor is doing what we would call when we ride, what you call, Reese, making positive tension. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to create so much drama that everybody breaks down, but you want to see your instructor still push it a little bit. Not, not just nicey, nicey, flowery, flowery, but mm-hmm. you still need to see a little bit of positive tension and you need to have an instructor that knows when to push and when not to, when to push uh, it. Isn't, isn't that, isn't that the most difficult thing? You know, it doesn't Absolutely. matter whether it's kids or adults, it's, it's important to, have a standard, you know, that, that the, the student is getting instruction to improve, right? You know, if it's, right. if there's no uh, push, so the reason you know, how, how, yes, are, we, how are we going to, how are we going to improve? Yeah. And I am seeing more and more because there's less centers that we are trying to, to and there's a higher demand because, mm-hmm. because people like to be outside. So there seemed to be a higher demand. There was a big push during COVID when nobody could do anything else. It's like, okay, let's do something outside. That looks fun. You know, right. we, so there was a raise in like membership of Pony Cub and then it kind of dropped because not everybody stayed in it. They went back to doing what they were doing. But so then there also was people just like throwing anybody in the teacher kid. And everybody oh, yeah, yeah. A, license, sure. a licensed instructor. Right. I know it's right. just a kid lesson. I know. I mean, I have my older Pony Cubbers that are, you know, have been taught how to teach and they're, and I'm watching them this week and I'm correcting them. You know, yeah. that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough. It's hard to teach. People don't realize how hard it is to teach. Don't bring anybody uh, in to teach just because so you're hard. a good writer doesn't mean you can teach. <laughs> so hard. Because it's like what Phil said, are we getting improvement? You have to want the improvement. You have to know when to push the tension and when to back it off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now it's really important because I mean, I can speak in my lowest, but I, I'm like driven to want good stuff. So 
you know, I want to see an improvement almost to a, to a fault. I'll push mm-hmm. it past the tension, but yeah, you know, you need, you need to really think, okay, you know, we, we got to make a little improvement. How am I going to, what's 1% better, right? Reese? What's 1% yes. better today? Exactly. Every um, lesson. So that, that's important not to not let that go because you're trying to be delicate because you know, these kids have so much anxiety mm-hmm. just being around other people or, or mm-hmm. just learning or they're having, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. That's really important. And then the other thing that happened is that I don't know if it's just the whole dynamic of the family coming more together during COVID and not being apart, mm-hmm. but the kids are less or even more or less physical than the last time we talked. They, their core, I mean, you know, I'm older now and I'm struggling the last year and a half with my core, et cetera, my health. But when I can hold my core stronger than a 10 year old, we have a problem. <laughs> um, sure. We have a problem. I'm 55. We have a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, you're working really hard though. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. But it, I mean, it's, it's a problem. So it's mm-hmm. important to allow the kid to pick the saddle up. Don't be afraid to let them be physical, even if they're slow about it. Even if it takes them longer, it doesn't matter. Got it. It doesn't matter. Make them be physical by asking them to do the chores get them moving the barrel. So what if the wheelbarrow is, I mean, the double tired wheelbarrow, they can pick up and move. Mm-hmm. They can pick mm-hmm. up their saddle, even if you're in a rush. want to get my kid on the horse. I want to get out here. I want to come on, hurry up, hurry up. Nope. Hurry up, be efficient, but let them take the time to be physical because all of that movement is what's going to help them be better in the saddle and therefore have more confidence. Because though they won't have confidence when they feel themselves get unbalanced, they're not. Sure. And or or not if gonna somebody's going to do everything that. for them, it's going to st- step in like, oh, you're too slow or, oh, you're not strong. And, yeah. and then just yeah. step in for them. Like, yeah, part of it is right. doing stuff yeah. for themselves. Yeah, we've talked about that before. It's, it's. Uh, I think that's, a, you made that point a, a while ago. And, uh, and I right. remember that because, um, you know, confidence on the horse, but also confidence off of the horse, you know, just mm-hmm. within themselves right. to be able to do things, right? Right. And it just, it's interesting because there was just a Wall Street Journal um, article that came out today about the helicopter parent doing even more for the kid, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called now, but it's like even more for the kid. And, and confidence comes from doing. Confidence comes from doing. I mean, there was a huge TED talk that William Micklem did about the go, the go. And that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's all about your first step is just go for it, right? Just mm-hmm. go for the camera transition, go for it. That's the first step. Well, you've got to let the kid have the first step. The first step is just go get the saddle. I don't care how you get the saddle, drag it. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't care. That's why we have, that's why we have these fabric saddles. You know, that's why I'm like, I don't care. Just get the saddle. How are you going to yeah. get the saddle? You know? You know, yeah, we yeah. went. They went today. They did a camp lesson, and they had Miss Lori was going to do like grooming, and they brought their horses. They were all excited. And she's like, "Where are your groom boxes?" And they were like, "Oh, yeah, it's over there in the other barn." And she right. looked at her, and, like, and they looked at her, that. and 
and and they just looked at her and looked at her and she kind of looked at them again and it was like, come on now, let's let's figure out what we're gonna do here. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and of course, then I got impatient because I'm off the side right. listening. I was like, I think you need to go get the groom boxes. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to do, Miss Lori. We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it was going to be a long wait. I could tell. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They hadn't, yeah. they hadn't even been able to make a plan <laughs> to get the groom boxes. They, yeah, they, yeah. Gee. Right. yeah, and they knew they were coming for a groom lesson. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what's happening? What's happening? And it's hard to tell if they're just tired and they just don't want to walk one more step. Or oh. those, you wouldn't want to walk too many steps in one day. Um, so, uh, you know, and like today, you know, they're doing a little combined test tomorrow. Well, guess what they're doing tomorrow morning? They're setting up the arena. That's sure. what's happening. Sure. <laughs> like, because they have to pick things up and they got to move their feet. They got to, you know, and I'm actually taking them off the horse at the end and they have to jog their horse around the ring and I'm doing it with all the way up to 18. Oh, they don't like that. If you did that to me, I'd be like, oh no, I'll walk. I'm not jogging. <laughs> no, it's like now you're jogging your horse in hand over through your dressage test. Or I'll put yeah. the fences down and we're jogging them over the pole. Number one, <laughs> it teaches them how to how to make their horse in hand. You know, sure. they look at all this liberty riding and all this horsemanship right? Well, your horse should be able to trot in hand with you. you sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. It's a pet peeve of mine, that's for sure. So, you know, in that, in that way, when they're halfway, like they were halfway around the course and one girl starts like groaning, I don't know what that was about, but, oh, and I was like, you can do it. You can do it. And she's like, I don't know. I go, think about your horse. That's what he <laughs> feels like halfway around. You've got to, I go, I'll show you how to, how to make this. And I ran up to her, put my arm in her arm. I'm like, come on, we can do it. And I'm Aww. like, that's how you're going to talk to your horse. We can do it. We got three more movements. We got this. Three more Aww. jumps. Three more movements. And she was like, oh, I'm dying. I'm like, it's okay. You got it. So it's the same thing, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. got it. Don't shame them. Don't berate them. Keep encouraging them and keep them moving. Because before I talked about this, it was one thing, but now I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah. By yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we all slowed down, we got isolated and, but the big thing with the parenting, you got to keep parents need to let the instructor instruct. And if you really mm-hmm. feel like this isn't the right place or, you know, it's not the right fit or whatever, I'll encourage you to go somewhere else or look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But what I would also encourage you is give it three tries, give it okay. three tries. Because otherwise, you're going to be hopping around. If you hop around too many times, there's only so many places right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's actually a good rule, just for anyone to, you know, if you know, sometimes, and we've talked about this, you know, your instructor may be raising their voice, but just because they want to encourage you, right? So that could be a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, let me let me encourage you, and you may take it the wrong way, or quite frankly all three of us are instructors and all three of us have had bad days and maybe said something we didn't want to say or whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> we're also human yeah. and right. <laughs> overworked, you yeah. know, and lots going on. Right. for us. Too. So we're not always perfect, right? We may say something we don't want, 
But, you know, that shouldn't be like, oh, my instructor was mean to me today. That could just be, it was a bad day or they said whatever. But I think after three, I also have worked with students that, that, you know, you can just tell, like, it's not working with their instructor. And I tell them, you know, at some point it is your responsibility to either, you know, talk to your instructor about what you need to get out of your lessons. So if you're coming away more frustrated from your lessons, you should talk to them. Um, But it's the same thing. You don't want to be running around barns, et cetera, like that there's not that many left. And um, that's also not good. So, I mean, you have to read the room and figure out, you know, what's the right thing for you and your horse and whatever. But if you've gotten to that point, and I'll take it away from there. I was talking about getting a new accountant. And my dad said, once you start ba- talking badly about a professional, it's probably time to move on. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of a good, uh, this was a, literally about accounting things. Um, so, <laughs> but I think I was like, you know, he's right at, at that some point, right? You've got a little bit of, okay, we're going to work through this or whatever. But once you get to that point, you kind of need to to step back and say, okay, I need to, to move forward. So, um, right. so I love it. So any other things you want to leave us with tonight, Angela? The last thing was that the centers or the riding academies, they are struggling in keeping lesson horses. Yes. That, that's a big struggle to maintain them because the cost has gone up so high. So sometimes if you feel like your child isn't moving on and you're on a lesson horse, what I highly would recommend is sometimes you're just limited by the horse you're on. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get better, I would read the room, as you say, or notice what's stressing the riding center out and Mm -hmm. offer to volunteer for that thing. I love it. Because the more that what I've really encouraged volunteering coming out of this COVID and now my kids are like, I mean, they're, they love it because, and they love it because it feels like I asked one of the students today, I'm like, what do we like about this? And she said, well, what I like about differently is now that we're, we're volunteering more and we're being part of the whole big community, not just our local barn, that now I feel like I have more encouragement from everybody if I go to a show, not just my barn. And that's that's um, an interesting thought. Yeah. Just, just mm -hmm. in that you know, barns and, 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 you know, the horse industry in general is struggling to find work, you know, laborers, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, all three of us have dealt with this. Like it's, it's a huge discussion point for us. Right. Right. Yeah. If you had somebody, uh, if you had somebody just to do, you know, filling water buckets or, or something, uh, you know, and another person just mucking one stall a day, I think that would, that would go a long way. Um, Yeah. To, to making so the whole thing of, function a little bit better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of being like, well, that that test wasn't written very well or whatever, you know, maybe like, could how could we volunteer to help to help the organizers of that show? Or if you're on a lesson horse barn and you're on a lesson horse, hey, you know, we've got some an extra hour or two on Saturday, and we notice that your your plants need watering. Can we come in, or we notice that the old horse in the field needs more grooming. Can we come and groom? Don't say it with expectation that you want to ride. Say it because you want, again, that encourages the kid to be more physical. And it also keeps you at the head of the mind of the instructor. When I start thinking about special opportunities for my kids, I'm thinking about those ones who put in the, what we call in 
New Orleans, the Lang Nut, which is like the 13th donut in a baker's dozen, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gave me a little extra. So now I remember you. You know, I had a little girl today. She's like, Miss Angela, could I come and clean the truck? Because I know we use it a lot. Yes. Sure. There's the truck. Yeah. And just going back to that lesson, the school horse idea, um, I, I actually had a lesson horse and, and I ended up finding him a new situation, a very, very lovely home. But it was probably because, you know, people would sign up for lessons or they wouldn't come or they would cancel. And, and I got frustrated because I mean, it was a horse I bred, but mm-hmm. I still needed him to, to make a living. Right. And I have right. tons of people now that are calling me like, Oh, don't you have lesson horses? And I was like, actually, and I tell them this, I'm like, I did, but I didn't have people that would be consistent about coming for that horse. Right. So I found him a new home. And, yeah, and I so think don't that's be important. surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if your lessons are, yes, you can come for an introductory lesson, maybe three lessons, and then you'll be asked to, to buy a package that is coming down the pipeline. Yeah, because I'm sure. now on all packages. You do three lessons, and then you have to pay for eight, and you mm-hmm. get two makeups on it. And that's because of that. Because right. I've got to feed this animal for you for your enjoyment. That's really yeah. important. Yes, yes. if you come to... or not, <laughs> or you are sick or whether it's or not whatever. canceling your soccer, it's not canceling your soccer mm-hmm. game. Your soccer balls, you know, can be deflated and blown back up. I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really important to understand that from both sides. You know, we understand you want your kid to enjoy outdoor sports, enjoy this, enjoy that, but this isn't like any other sport because this is a live right. animal that right. takes a lot. Yeah, so and I think that's that, just across the board for adults so too. That that's and and the volunteering really helps yeah. build the community and it builds it builds the community and it builds everything, you know? It helps them be more confident. It helps. It puts that physical aspect in. It makes them feel more supported. They need to feel a part of something and physical. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> so. Well, Angela, as always, we just love having you come on. I think this has been an awesome discussion. Um, how can our yeah. listeners find you online? If you go to our, on Facebook, we're on Facebook at Ariadne Equestrian Services. We have a website, Ariadne Horse, and that's how you can find us. Fantastic. Thank you as always, Angela. All right. Thank you. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, tonight we are thrilled to have Canadian dressage rider Maya Markowski, who is on the journey to the 2023 Pan American Games in Santiago, Chile. Maya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and you are friends with Philip, but I am just getting to know you, and you are just lovely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, run my dressage training business, Equest. Uh, we're located in Guelph. Um, we have 20, 24 horses, I think, now at the farm. So I teach, I train, I compete, uh, do all things horse, and uh yeah, that's pretty much consumes my life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the club. Yeah, we're all there. <laughs> that's right. So, Maya, people. how did you how did you get started in in riding and and you know, what was what, what was your situation way back when? Um so 
I really, I guess, at an early age, showed an interest in riding. Uh, my mother she rode a little bit in Finland, um, but I don't have really a whole lot of horse background in my family. But I uh, really wanted to ride. Uh, I think I was four, and I kept bugging her to ride. And uh, so she took me to a farm, and they told her that you generally wait until kids are around six before they start lessons. So she took me home, and then I guess I was quite annoying and kept bothering her and bothering her. So. <laughs> she took me back and just let, asked them to let me sit on a horse, and they did, and that kind of started this whole crazy spiral, and I've been riding ever since. I love it. I love it. So tell us, uh, where have you trained, and um, a little bit about that. Uh, so I started kind of in the hunter-jumper world um, and did that, and then at uh, the age of 14, my family relocated to Germany. Um, and so we were there for three years. So I rode, we found a farm there. Um, little to my knowledge was it sort of, uh, a big, a big influence in me switching to dressage. So we did jumping dressage as well, uh, demonstrations. Um, I showed, um, but I really kind of fell in love with dressage while I was there. So when I came home, I, uh, sort of went back to starting horses. I did a lot of backing horses, uh, behavioral training. Um, my one horse was a jumping horse and he wasn't really enjoying it. So I switched to dressage with him and started competing him and slowly sort of completely made the transition over to dressage and haven't looked back since. So, um, tell us a little bit about the, ho- the horses that you're campaigning this year in particular. So I have my horse, Radar. He's a nine-year-old Oldenburg. I bought him as a weanling from Linda Brandt. She owns you know, Hanover and Dream Sport Horses. Um, so I bought him. So it's quite exciting because he's one of mine. And then I have Daedalus, who is 18. He was purchased for a client of mine as a five-year-old. And then I eventually took over the reins and she wanted to see him compete. So he's now officially a Grand Prix horse. So that's very exciting. And then I have some, yeah, it's a big, big accomplishment, especially since we bought him to just be a safe AA horse. So (laughs) it's pretty, pretty sweet that he's out doing the Grand Prix, trying his little heart out. And he's not a big horse. So we call him Bug. Um, But yeah, it's a lot of fun with him, this journey. And then I have uh, something Royal is also declared. She's also... She's 11, I believe, this year now. A little more experienced at this level. Um, the owner bought her as a yearling, and she was bred uh, by Sherry Foxhill, also a Canadian bred horse. They're all bred here. Dayless was bred by Elsa Maholland. So they're all Canadian bred horses that are declared. That's fantastic. So this was your first season in Wellington? But you were, you were in Wellington, right? Was this, was this your first season? No, I, well, it's my first season in nine years, so it's been a while. Okay. So, yes, yes, I just went back. So, it was nice to go back and miss winter, and a lot's changed down there. So, it was really exciting to go down for the winter with them again and compete. So, there's lots of showing. I had seven horses down there. Oh. So, I was pretty much showing every weekend. So, great. it was a whirlwind, but it was a great experience, <laughs> great mileage. <laughs> lots learned. Always learning. We are always learning. So tell us a little bit about, you know, I, I love that. Always learning. So tell us some things that you learned while showing that much. Cause that's, that's the beauty of being able to go to Wellington, right? Is that you can show so much. So what were some takeaways from that? 
Well, it's it's nice to be able to show them, you know, a few times a month because they're very they can be very different in the ring than at home. You know, we all at home are going to win the class, and then you go down center <laughs> line, and all of a sudden you're sitting on a very different horse. Uh, so the nice thing down there is that you can work through some things, train in the ring, and then go do it again in a week if you want to. Even if you just do one day on the weekend, you, you don't have to do the whole weekend. And uh, so it, it keeps them going down center line. They get more confident, too, because they can keep doing it. Um, and it's so close, you just ship over, you know, show them, and take them back to the farm. And so it, it was really helpful to do that, whereas here it's you show and then you have a month or a month and a half in between it's a, it's a longer distance between the shows. So it's, it's really neat to be able to keep doing it and really see their confidence improve in the ring and learn a little bit more about them in the ring every time. Yeah. I think that's, that's the problem with, uh, I mean, and we have great venues up here, but they're not close to the farm and then, you know, and you're, you're going to show. And then a month later, you got to prepare for, for the next show. I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing, but, uh, you know, you don't really get an option on, you know, like you have to do almost every show. And especially if you're declared for a team, you have to do the, you know, what do we have, four CDIs this summer? And you've got to do all yeah. of them and you've got to be successful. And like, that's why so many people go down to Florida is because there's not that much opportunity. Like you have to do it up here and you have to be successful. Otherwise, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to make a team. I think yeah. that's a, no, and it was really nice problem. to do like a, a few in a row and sort of really work on the in the ring riding, and then I come home, and then I have a month and a half, two months to then go back home and really work on things that I needed to improve in the ring. So it, it's kind of a, it was nice to have that break, but it's nice to have a few right in a row to really kind of get in show mode. But it is a lot of pressure then to come home and have only four shows to get your scores at. So it's it's also a good mental game because you got to try not to put too much pressure on yourself because we're all very good at that. <laughs> That's literally like, I think the job description I for know. a dressage trainer. You're like, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So tell us, because Bill and I were literally, we were saying this right before we got on, uh, we got on air, but we were saying like, we haven't heard a lot about the Pan Am games. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of what the process is now and when the games are, um, you know, again, it's happening later this year, right? It normally happens earlier, I feel. So um, we were just saying we need to cover it. So that's partly why we were thrilled to have you on tonight. Can you kind of tell our listeners about like what the process is now? Yeah, so they're just basically collecting scores. So they have a running spreadsheet they send to the riders with basically your scores once you've started. You can kind of see other people's scores. Um, so we have three more shows now. Um, there's July, and then there's Bromont, and our June Palgrave at Caledon. So, um, yeah, basically you've got those three shows to go give it your all. You do have to do one CDI after July. Um, and then they start their selection process really based on scores. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then also, I believe this year we have, we have to send two Grand Prix horses to qualify an Olympic team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they send three, you know, to have a backup just in case. So there could only be one small tour horse. Um, so that puts a little more pressure on the small tour. <laughs> Right, <laughs> <laughs> and there yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Now there's only one spot. 
Well, Maya, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can our listeners find you online? Uh, well, they can go to my website, www.equestrafage.ca. Um, they can learn more about me and all my horses and follow me also on Facebook, Equest Dressage, as well as Instagram. Um, and they can also meet all my sponsors, Southern Equine Distributing. It's been a longtime sponsor, AVR Saddles, Kungal Equestrian Gloves, the Tapestry, Comfort Girth, and Ogilvy Equestrian. Thank you so much. And we're excited to watch you on your journey to the Pan Ams. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you guys. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. going to lie for this trainer tip uh we were talking uh that we wanted to talk a little bit about lunging i think we do this every year one trainer tip <laughs> about lunging because you yeah. and i sort of get on our soapbox i've kind of been on the soapbox this recently uh so wanted to talk a little bit about it so do you want to do you want to start you want me to start well i mean uh, um you're going to talk about the reasons for lunging but i, I was going to talk about how to teach a horse to lunge Love or, you know, it. What are some important things yeah, sure. to, to, to think about? And, you know, because I'm in the middle of starting some horses, a couple of horses, and one of them, which is my own. Um, She's finally, <laughs> oh, we need a picture of her. She is so precious. Everybody, when Phil Botter is a foal, I was like, yes, please. Yeah. She was, so a, I can't uh, she was a better looking foal than she is a, was a two-year-old and, and now three-year-old. But She's she'll develop. She'll, she will out. She'll get better. So you know, like it's still <laughs> don't be judging. Phil, a, a ugly right wild now. phase. You know, sort. Oh, um, I'm sure she's. But it's it's fine. You can you know, three years old. You can start to think about working the horse, which is great. It's been a long wait. But okay, so you know, how, how am I teaching my young guys to lunge? Well, the the first thing, like, how do you teach a horse to lunge? Well, yeah, you have first of all, you have to take your time. And sticking him on the end of a lunge line and and activating a lunge whip <laughs> so that the horse runs around in a circle is not the right way to do it. So everything I do with you know as as I'm going towards putting a leg over and backing the horse has to be done carefully and with uh, sort of horse emotion in 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 the top of mind, right? So I you know. I, I have to train every day by not scaring the horse because if, if like it's all about trust and if you lose the horse's trust, you're done, right? You, you, you yeah. are setting the horse up for failure and at every step of the game. So every day we just do one thing that's a little bit different or a little bit more. And, and um, as far as the lunging thing goes, I like to use uh, long lining before I actually lunge the horse or, yeah. or even touch you know touch the horse's mouth in 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 a bit so that that's going to take me three four weeks to to teach the horse how to 
go and stop while while long lining, while I'm behind the horse. I don't want any part of chasing them with a lunge line, scaring them, you know, like all of that is a real negative experience for the horse. And uh, I don't want to do that, right? So stop and go on straight lines is way better than trying to spin them around and get them super tired and, you know, that 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 serves no purpose for teaching the horse how to be calm and quiet and you know all, all these things so over the next few weeks i'm just going to be able to go and stop with two two reins two two uh, lunge lines attached to them and then eventually i'm going to turn a corner into a you know a full circle that means that the lunge line has to come up behind the horse well that that's you know that spooks a lot of them so they just need to be okay with the lunge line touching their butt and then coming behind their butt and you know like all those all those things are just very carefully progressive steps in and in, in eventually teaching lunging right like teaching the horse to be around me and then continuously going around the circle in trot is done very carefully with two two lines so the horse doesn't learn to be unbalanced and you know spin themselves around and and just it's 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 for a purpose yes and yes. and not a single one of the purposes is for fitness right so, so let me ask you Phil do you yeah. use a round pen when you do this I don't or have one. you know I don't yeah have, I don't have one and, either and, but, so but typically yeah typically that that's what would happen is mm-hmm. you know a nice big circle circular round pen so nothing smaller than 20 meter circles right right so again like their their joints are not formed or fused and like the bones aren't fused and so i i don't want to stress out the horse's brain or their body by by going fast around a a small circle i think that's really bad yeah yeah it's very bad. And do you, do you create a round pen or do you, I mean, you also have a lovely indoor, so you do have an enclosed space. Do you, do you kind of. Yeah. So, so the, in, the indoor is actually really a, a good size for doing young horses in. So it's, it's, uh, it's not 20 by 60, mm-hmm. but it's bigger than 20 by 40. So I don't know Got the it. exact dimensions, but it's sure. kind of a little wider and a little longer but uh, for sure, yeah, not a wide open space that the horse can get lost in or or get going really fast on, you know. But if Got you it. if you're quiet about it, they can learn to lunge with two two lines easily, easily. Yes. And then and then for for you know as a rider, then it's perfect. I can get on so and great. I can actually yeah. steer right. Yeah, it's wonderful. It, you know, so, hopefully you have this ability or or know someone that does this because this is this is so critical at this age and stage. And y'all, my plan seriously at this stage would be to send it to Philip. I just <laughs> put it on the van and go north and just have Philip do it. <laughs> but no, I mean truly, it, it is all joking aside. That's actually that would really happen. It's happened before, but really, truly, that's not my specialty, right? Like I'm, I, I, I'm not very good at that. So I really do work with someone that is good or I send them to Philip or someone that I feel like that will do a good job. Cause this is a really critical stage for them. Because so critical. I mean, yeah, like I said, if you lose like a horse at this point, loses its confidence oh. or, you know, starts to not trust 
you know, the person on the ground, then how are they going to trust when you're on their back or, you know, um, gain confidence from somebody who is chasing them with a whip? I, I really, really yeah, don't think that critical. that's a great idea. Yeah. Right. So, and you have to be careful not to lose your patience. Like, yes. I mean, that would be my thing. Like, oh, see again, I would send the horse north to Philip and just <laughs> it would arrive at his door and it would come back when he told me it was ready. But no, but it's critical. I mean, all joking aside, really, if you're not capable or you don't have the patience, I don't have the patience for that. I know it. You know, you it's really important because it is, this is this is literally like kindergarten, right? Kindergarten yeah. can mess somebody I, up I, for their I, whole life. If it, if it takes a year, it takes a year. It's like a year. It, it, I'm not like, don't be in a rush. Like, oh, I've got to hit the hit the stages of training and it's got to be doing the five-year-olds and the same, like this. No, yeah. Ooh, no. Easy back. Well, and, and maybe it will, right? But you really have to, and, and I think we both as, as trainers and professionals, you know, don't say, oh gosh, you only have 30 days. Like I, I have 30 days to pay. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I mean, it could take 30 days just to get the sur single on. I mean, it, you know, Philip's young horse, he's been, you know, he owns it. So he's been playing with it and, and been with her her whole life. So she's probably more advanced, but some horses, if they don't know how to wear a halter, they don't know how to lead or they don't know how to do whatever. This is a time to really just take your time. Don't, you got to walk before you run. And you may have to just halt before you walk. Like, take your time. This is really critical. And when it comes to learning to lunge, and like you said, that you, this is where you are with your horses. Uh, we should check back and see how we're doing uh, in the progression. I think. I mean, that the slower really you cool. go, the, the 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 faster you'll you'll end up in your training. I I mean, you know, uh, go slow to go fat. Like, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that saying is, but, uh, yeah, because if you miss a step or, or something, you're going to have to go backwards, backwards anyways, right. You're going to have to go back and fill in all the holes in training and and all of that stuff. So, well, you know, take your time and we were reminded, you know, uh, this week, uh, we had some young horses move around one left one, you know, was here and, and the horse was really upset and I was trying to work the horse and, you know, we had empathy, right? Like his, his best friend just got on a trailer. He has no idea what happened to his best friend. Uh, but all he knows is his best friend's not here anymore. His best friend went to a very nice place. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, to the horse's perspective is like, where's my friend? Like he was so upset and he's young, he's five and he's traveled to Florida with this friend and he's been with this friend and, and, and so it's difficult, right? Um, so young horses, some days are just like, we worked him that day, but we were very empathetic that day to him because I was like, okay, I understand. We still have some rules. I, you know, this is stressful, but you know, young horses are even more susceptible to that. Some, you know, the big guns, you know, my big guns, if they're like that, I'm going to kick them and just be like, yeah, you need to get over. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. You know, but that's an 11 year old Grand Prix horse, right? Like uh, you're hey, get over it. You get a five-year-old that lost his friend, right? And that's just a, an example I had from this week where, okay, we can be empathetic here. We're going to work through this. We know you lost your best friend. Like, I get it. Uh, but that's going to happen at a horse show, right? Like, you've got to have strategies for that. So, you know, dealing with young horses, it, you know, you really, really have to have strategies for that. So, Phil, I think we need to stay on this journey with you on the lunging <laughs> and, and when it's time you're going to ride yeah. the baby. Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, and Phoebe's journey. I, guys, I just feel a segment coming on. Um, you know, Phil, this is great. This is a great trainer tip. Uh, we want to see how Miss Phoebe's doing on her journey. Uh, so we're right now, we're lunging Miss Phoebe. So we're going to have to stay in touch. But I think this is a great tip on 
I had a lunch. And so we're going to do another segment on lunging when he comes to a little bit older. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this trainer tip and we will be back for another segment on uh, my feelings on lunging an older horse. Well, everybody keep your email and Facebook shout outs coming. And please, we, you know what? There's nothing more that Phil and I like than a successful story. Or if you've done well at a horse show, or you want us to give you a shout out, send us an email. Seriously, we would love it. I've been just loving watching Facebook Monday morning in the summer. I love it because everyone's talking about their horse show and how much fun they had and the goals they achieved. So we would love to give you a shout out here on the show. Just send it to us because we won't pick it up. Um, Not that we don't love you, but you got to send it to us. Reese at horseradionetwork.com or Phil at horseradionetwork.com. Or you can do it on Facebook on the Dressage Radio Show page. We'll pick it up. And we want to give you guys shout outs because everyone's having a great summer and working really hard. And we want to for sure give you a shout out. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we look forward to chatting with you next week.